first want to invite up Albin um, from our Lake Country location. Uh, Albin is a member of our uh, missions team, and uh, he's going to introduce our guest for today. But I also wanted Albin just to kind of take a moment as he introduces him uh, to let you know what our missions team does, uh, and then also to point him out. So if you have any questions about helping, supporting, or being on that missions team, um, you can talk to him afterwards. So, thank you. Yep. Thanks a lot, Josh. Yep. Do you hear me? No? Okay. Um, I actually wanted to do anyway a commercial for the missions team uh, because uh, we are we're working pretty much in the background. Uh, you don't see a whole lot what we are doing. And uh, we have also our struggles. Uh, but what, what I wanted to do is I, I wanted to invite you to think about uh, what, what missions means. And um, if you look, for example, at, at Acts 1.8, um, where the, the, the early church uh, was sent out through persecution. Um, and um, they were sent out uh, not only to Jerusalem in their backyard, so what you're doing here locally, reaching out to others, but they're really sent out beyond that point. And uh, this is an important thing because the basically it ends up in the Great Commission uh, that we are basically called as believers in Christ to go to the ends of the earth. So we have connections or we would need to basically go wherever we are and uh, spread the good news about Jesus Christ. And uh, in that context, uh, today it may look a little bit different because we have a lot of nations that know already or at least have heard uh, about the gospel and the good news of uh, Jesus Christ. But there are other areas where it is not. And uh, we, we as Mercy Hill engage a little bit different in, in those, those areas. In the areas where uh, we have, um, for example, existing churches, we work a lot together with existing churches uh, and just uh, be with them or support them where they are and uh, what they are doing. For example, when we were in Germany in 2017, we noticed, well, we are not church planters there uh, in, in this country, but we can support uh, the local uh, German believers in order to spread the gospel there because they said, well, we have a hard time with it and we're weak, so we need help and support in, in order to do or to ex, uh, exercise our Great Commission. And uh, in, in that context, uh, what, what we do is we support basically uh, acro across the globe as Mercy Hill a number of either individuals or also churches. Uh, we have uh, one, someone in, in Scotland. We have uh, two connections to Italy through Tommy mostly uh, because Mercy Hill was basically conceived in Italy and not here in the United States. So, so the, the, whole, the whole thing is kind of like uh, already global. Also, think about this. The body of Christ is actually a global body of Christ as well. So they are everywhere. And um, I noticed this, for example, in Germany too. Uh, we visited a church and they had like uh, six different groups uh, there. We, they had conservative uh, cr Christians in Germany, then they had more the modern ones that fit to us, and then they had the young crowd, 
that make really crazy stuff. And then they had an Arabic, uh, Arabic church where they sang like, you know, the, the Germans said, I don't want to hear that stuff. <laughs> so, um, so, so culture has kind of like uh, its own thing, but, but it's, it's something really exciting. And, and I think uh, going cross-culturally is, is really an amazing thing. And uh, I would everyone encourage you uh, to get involved somehow cross-culturally. You can do this actually here in Wisconsin. Uh, you don't need to travel to, I don't know where, to Timbuktu or somewhere. Uh, you can do this locally. You can really do this locally. Uh, for example, the, um, uh, the Lake, uh, not the Lake Country, the Bayview campus starts a Spanish ministry. So they reach out to the Hispanics there. 65% around uh, the campus there is actually Spanish. So you have a cross-cultural ministry basically in our backyard. So, so but, but we become basically more sensitive about there are different cultures, but there's the same God on, on all of us. Um, in the reason why I come here is now I, br I brought Kishore Daroga here. He is a church planter in India, in the southeast of India, and he has planted already 10 churches. One of them is actually called Mercy Hill Church. So we have a sister there in India. <laughs> and. Um, I'm pretty sure they worship totally different than we are, but it's amazing because we all believe in the same Jesus, and that's just so amazing. And uh, if, if you see this and if you experience this, it melts away your heart. Kishore, do you want to come upstairs and um, give your testimony about everything? Good morning. Let me have the pleasure to introduce myself as Bishop Kishore Daroga from southern part of India, where we have three beautiful seasons like hot, hotter, hottest. <laughs> India is a country with 1.35 billion people. We have very few gods, like 30 million gods we have in India. We have 29 states in India, and almost each state has got its own language. Officially, we have 20 languages in India, besides 250 dialects. India is mainly predominantly a Hindu country. People worship all creation, but not the creator. I came from a Hindu background, worshiping idols and trees and rocks and monkeys and cobras and elephants and cows in India for many years. When I went to a gospel meeting, the Holy Spirit convicted me of my sins. I opened my heart and received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I was a great man. I used to do three things at a time. 
a cigarette in my fingers, holding cards in left hand, and with my right palm, I used to have a drink. I'm a great gambler. I used to smoke very few packets a day, just four packets a day. And uh, I love rum very much. For many years, I was in that life. And I never thought that I carry a Bible. When I was doing all things, you know, at nighttime when I used to sleep in an open space, I used to look at the sky and every day I used to see the flights at 11 o'clock, 11.30 in the sky. And I was thinking, anytime can I fly in my life? I never thought that I carry a Bible. My life was like a caterpillar. But when I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, he changed my life totally. Now, I'm a multicolored butterfly flying to many countries. After coming back from that gospel meeting, I got baptized there, went back home. I told my mom. She did not say anything. That was a real boost in my life. And I started telling my mom, she became a Christian. Me and my mom, for seven years, we were teaching, telling, sharing, and preaching the gospel in our own house by the amazing grace of the Lord. All the siblings in our family are Christians, and we married Christian partners. All my friends used to call me useless guy because I did not appear for my final year degree exams. All my friends, they appeared for the exams, they passed, and they got good jobs. I was the only guy in the group of 12 friends without a job and a degree. All my school teachers and college Lecturers used to call us a dirty dozen. That's how our life was. But after accepting Jesus, I finished my degree. I got a small job. I worked for three years. And within three years, God put me in a very high position. God gave me a job to work for Eli Lilly Pharmaceuticals which is a big company, pharmaceutical company. I used to get a huge pay packet every month. I'm really thankful to God before joining my profession, I gave up all my smoking, drinking, and gambling. I wanted to marry a good Christian girl. In India, there was no dating, only interviewing the girls. And my desire was to go for a good, Christian girl, and I started interviewing girls for 18 months. I interviewed 28 girls, and I picked up the 29th girl as my partner. She was a sixth-generation Christian. Her grandfathers had written 120 worship songs in our Christian language. 
and all those songs are being sung in all the churches in respect of denomination i was leading a good life when my in-laws died my wife came to me and said honey would you please take over the church planted by my parents on sunday oh sunday sunday is big worship big lunch and big nap she wanted me to take over to satisfy her i said yes but honestly i didn't know how to teach or preach the word but my profession helped me a lot i used to carry my bible and read more and more and more and i worked on that church a fisherman church for 10 years when i took over there were only 40 people and after 10 years it has grown by leaps and bounds and 150 people i'm a salesman my boss used to tell me if you want to be a successful salesman you need to sell eyes to an eskimo that's what i was doing and it helped me a lot and 2001 god gave me an opportunity to come to this country and after coming to this country everything was magic to me everything right from airport when i was carrying my two big suitcases i was approaching the gate was closed oh who will be opening the gate for me the door for me and it automatically opened i thought somebody seen me and opened the gate but i tell you after seeing this country my heart was broken every corner every street there was a church and on sundays i used to watch and sunday the city the city is dead people were busy busy in going to churches many many churches in this country i had seen in 2001 i was really surprised in india how many churches are there wherever you go you have a temple you have a monkey god you have a uh, cobra god you have a elephant god you have cow as god everything is god but no real eternal god in india so i decided i want to plant churches in india i got a good job but I, after going back to india i decided and i gave up my job and started our ministry and ever since i came to this country every trip i was coming staying here for 6 months going to many states preaching the word raising the funds touchdown second church 2003 4 5 7 8 10 12 14 16 18 this is my 13th trip i'd been to god took me to 16 states in this country including wyoming god took me to germany uk canada and rwanda and used me i'm just a tool in his mighty hands and god used me in all these countries and going back to india and established 10 churches of all the 10 churches i'm delighted to say that the mercy hill church in india is the biggest church we have can i have the slide please yeah that's that's map of india next slide 
we have a school for school dropouts and downtrodden children. We used to have a school and we were feeding 70 children free education and free food. Next. We have a special discipleship seminar. We are training disciples in India. I was appointed by a church in West Alice, Grace Community Church. They came to India and launched these discipleship seminars. And I am the official promoter for India. And we are giving training and making disciples in all the churches in India. That's a huge project right now. We are going, we have already conducted 32 seminars in India. Next slide. These are all the seminars. We go to uh, students, we go to villages, we go to churches and gather and give them training and making them disciples in India. Next. These are all, uh, see, this is uh, our 10th church. The New Hope and Faith Church in India, that pastor was praying for three years. He has got only open sight. Every day he used to go there and pray, and pray for the church to be built. And I met this pastor in one of the seminars and he requested me to come to his place. And we have gone there, thickly populated, lot of temples and all. We decided to build a church. We built a church and seven people came for the dedication, five from India, two from Rwanda. Next year. And this is our gatherings. Wherever you go, India, wherever you go, huge gatherings. And people are interested and God is good in my state because we have a Christian governor in our state. Next slide. These are all our gatherings. Next slide. That's it. So... I would like to, I would like to uh, say two incidents and then I close. I went to a pastor's conference. There were 140 pastors were there. After the lunchtime, during lunchtime, I was seeing all the pastors. And I was thinking and looking at each and every pastor. The Holy Spirit led me to one man. I just walked to him and said, hey, what's your name? He said, I am Paul. Where do you have a church? I have a small church in one place and a big church in another place. And I have three places where I'm preaching the word. That's how we became friends. And I worked with him for almost one, one and a half years. And he took me to a village, very, very thickly populated village. And every day, 10,000 people come to that village because there is a pharmaceutical industry in that village. He took me to the church. And after entering the church, I was really shocked because the church was built among bushes, only church among bushes. And the roof was almost on my head. Any second it may fall down and all the walls are broken and there are holes to the walls and to my surprise I could see on the floor the thin flex like structures. Then I asked the first lady, 
she is a polio woman. She said, what are those structures? She said to me, Bishop, those are the leftover skins of cobras. And she said to me, one day when I was, meet, uh, when I was in the meeting addressing our ladies, a live cobra came from behind and it came up to my neck and it was there on my neck, a live cobra for two seconds. Remember, she's a polio lady. Had I been in that situation, I should have died. So my heart was broken. Then I talked to the pastor and he said, do you have any site? Yes, I have a good site next to the road. And we decided to build a church. We contacted the Mercy Hill. They funded us and we built a huge, huge church, which is 80 feet long and 20 feet width. And Pastor Dan Ryan came to the dedication service and people from Mercy Hill came. And this, after seeing the church, Kishore, when he was at the pulpit, I was sitting at the back row and said, I could not see your face. And today we are doing really good, so growing by leaps and bounds. Thank you, Mercy Hill. See, in India, there is a scope at, at least, you know, when you cannot come to India, you cannot go as a missionary because we are there, we are local people, we know the language, we know the culture, and instead of you coming, there are local people, we are there, we need your prayers, we need your fellowship, we need your financial support so that we can build many churches in India. Our Christian governor is there till 2024, and maybe he will be re-elected Again, and till 2029, gates are wide open in Andhra Pradesh. We would like to establish as many churches as possible. That's why God touched me and healed me when I was a COVID patient in 2020. They admitted me in the hospital. Doctor said, no chance at all. Because the patient is 67 years old, and the infection was so high, and no chances we would like to put the patient on a ventilator. My daughter and son said, no question, we don't want the patient to be put on a ventilator. I was in a, in a hospital for 12 days, and I was praying, Lord, if you give me life, I will establish as many churches as possible to the surprise of the doctors and all the people, God touched me and healed me, and I came out of the hospital after 12 days. I'm fully charged up now. And I came on 2nd May. God did a miracle when I was coming from India. I took a flight on May 1st. I was here in Milwaukee on May 2nd. From May 3rd, there are no flights. All the flights have been canceled. No flights from India to this country. God has got a purpose. And I'm going to many states. And here is my brochure which speaks about myself and our churches. And India is a country with all animals as gods. When a team came from Mercy Hill last time, 
I took them to your church. It's a monkey god church, a special god for bachelors. I used to worship that monkey god for 24 years. When I took them, all the people on seeing the, the statue, it's a monkey like this. And one of the church members shouted, hey, here is the monkey, here is the monkey. No, don't shout, don't shout. It is not a monkey, it is their God. One more God I'll tell you and I'm done. I was fond of worshipping cobra gods when I was a Hindu. Cobra God! Cobra festival is a huge festival and the state government declares a holiday. I used to get up early in the morning, have a nice shower, new dress, go to a cobra pit and drop the eggs and the milk in the cobra pit for 24 years. Whole day, right from morning 6 o'clock till evening 6 o'clock, thousands and thousands of people go to the cobra pits and worship cobra as God. For many years I was doing that. Now, Basically, I'm from a Hindu background. I know how to talk to people. We have a, a beautiful young couple near one of our churches. They're very fond of cobras. I went to them and asked them, hey, why do you worship cobras? They said to me, cobra is our God. Oh, that's nice. Cobra is our God. That's good. Then I said to the couple, I'm going to the United States of America, and after coming back from America, I will give you a beautiful gift. Are you bringing a gift from America? No, no, after coming back, I will buy a good gift and give it to you on your wedding anniversary. Bishop, what is the gift you're planning to buy? I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm thinking because you're so fond of Cobras, so I am planning to buy, maybe spend huge money and get you a 12 feet live cobra and give it to you so that you can keep that cobra in your house and worship every day. What are you talking, sir? You want us to keep the live cobra in our house and worship every day? Yeah, we cannot do that. I said, why? Cobra bites. Just now you said that cobra is your God, and now you're telling me cobra bites. Your, your God is a biting God. Your God bites. You are scared about your God. Do you know about Jesus Christ? He is not a biting God. He is an eternal God. He is a loving God. He is a living God. He is a gracious Lord. Come to our church. It's a question in their mind. They started coming to our church after 10 months. This, after coming to the church, after 10 months, they came one day and said, Bishop, we are ready for our baptism. Praise God. Praise God. That's how, to be frank, Hindu people are very kind-hearted compared to Muslims. In India is the only country where we do not face any problems with Muslims. Yes. 
we never face problems with Muslims. But these Hindu guys, almost one billion people, Hindus are one billion people. They create problems with Christians and Muslims. They don't want Christians and Muslims in the country. But God is in control. And God is doing miracles. And people are hungry for the word of God. There are so many people getting baptized. I don't know how many people I baptized in 20 years. I baptized in this country also. I tell you, my dear friends, look at me. I was a caterpillar. Do you like caterpillar? You want the caterpillar to be on your skin, on your palm? Nobody likes it. That was my life, like a caterpillar. But God made me as a multicolored butterfly. The day I received him, no looking back. And I want to establish as many churches as possible. And you being in this blessed country, Please continue to pray for our churches in India. We want your fellowship. We want your prayers. We want your financial support to build as many churches as possible. Thank you very much. Mercy Hill. God bless you. So uh, just as you were sharing, I get the sense to do something different this morning than we usually do. Uh, and so if I could get some help, could I have somebody bring two chairs up? Um, I want to move the podium, and then there's a bottle of water and some juice on the table back there. If we could bring that up. Uh, I'm going to move this here. Yes, please. If you want that right now or not, but all right. So just as you were were sharing, there was a number of things that kind of popped into my head. Yes. Um, and you're talking about the different gods in in India, and uh, I really love that whole thing with the cobra. <laughs> you yeah. know, and just kind of like, all right, here, let's put one in your house. Um, and they're like, that doesn't make sense to us, and, and that kind of helped to open their eyes. Uh, as you visit here, uh, what do you see some of the gods that we worship might be? Here? Yeah. In this God, sports is God. Okay. And, you know, even in some churches, you know, they announce, hey, next week is Bucks playing for the final. Would you please pray? <laughs> we never say that. Okay. You know, that's different, sir. That's a different world. We never say that at all. Okay. And everything is God. Your car is God. Your, your um, house is God, your sport and your position. And see, when I became a Christian, I was looking onto Jesus all my life. I never cared about family or money or anything. I was running after Jesus Christ for many years. After 15 years, when I look back, everything was coming after me. Oh, Bishop, here is your house, here is your car, sure. here is your position. So as long as you want to be a real soldier, as long as you want to be a good Christian, focus your faith on Jesus and forget about everything. 
in the last 20 years leaving the families and churches and coming here and staying for six months that really helped me to establish many churches my focus is look unto jesus and move forward nothing is important to me okay so matthew 6 then seek first the kingdom and, and these it. other added things that's it that's what i did sure and god made me a blessing to many people and even my wife was alive she passed away in 2016 and all the church members used to say if you want to live like a good couple Kishore and Lizzie Kishore okay. and Lizzie we need to be a good example a role model in our churches and in my churches nobody calls me though a lot of people other people say Bishop, pastor, Kishore, doctor, sir, brother, but all our church members in India, they never call me. Everybody comes to me and call me uncle. Huh. That's how our relationship is. Hmm. Even after the church service, people will not move. Yeah. All the people come to me, they discuss and shake hands and everything, and we are a family. I never feel that I'm a boss. Even I tell my pastors that I'm not your boss. Hmm. Our boss is Jesus Christ. Amen. That's Amen. It. So, yeah, thank you. But that actually brings me to my next question then. You know, for people that are in India and predominantly, you know the percentage of Christians in India? Yeah, actually, uh, we have 3 to 4%. I've one point, how many billion? 1.35. There is, remember all of you, a simple difference between the United States and America. United States, you have 350 million people. India also, we have 350 million plus 1 billion. <laughs> Only one is difference. 1 billion people is the difference between India and United States. Gotcha. All right. So in that culture then, as, as people become Christians, um, what does it mean? How, how do they view being part of a church? See, people coming from Hindu background, if they really open up their hearts and receive Jesus Christ, they are the strongest Christians in the churches. Mm. They never care anything. Because for years and years, they were worshipping idols and, and animals and trees and rocks and and they did not find any change in their lives. But once they really come to the feet of the Lord and accept Jesus Christ, their life is entirely different. And they really work for uh, the societies and other people and try to tell about Jesus Christ. Okay. Yes. And so they, they see each other as a family? Are they yes. close? Yes. Are they and, but there is, I would like to mention, um, most of the people who receive Jesus Christ as personal savior, are from low caste people. Okay. So what happens once they receive Jesus Christ and they became Christians, but they do not uh, uh, claim themselves as Christians. Once they claim that they are Christians, the benefits offered by the state government and federal government are stopped. Hmm. Once you are a Christian, you are a forward caste. Okay. So they will not give you any benefits. So the people, though they convert into Christianity, they do not claim themselves as Christians. So hmm. if you add that, probably we'll be having at least 8%. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. But open Christians like us, 
four percent. Four percent. One point three five billion people. Yeah. Yes. So how is baptism viewed then with that? Because you've got that public declaration that yes. that there's consequences to. Yes. So how do people view baptism? What does it mean? Baptism, we say, and you know that's the that's a good question. When we want to baptize people, we take them to a ocean. We have a Bay of Bengal. It's a beautiful, clean ocean. And we take all our people who are ready for baptism. I go and baptize in the Bay of Bengal ocean. We'll have a, a meeting there. We'll have a, a worship there. We'll have a, a holy communion. And people will be watching. And one day, one couple came and asked me, what's this going on? Yeah. I said, this is baptism. This is, you know, once you accept and according to the word of God, you need to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And this is real God. So they expressed their, oh, we would like to know. We would like to know. And they started coming hmm. to our church. And today, those wife and husband are in our church as church elders. Wow. When they got a girl after six years, they named the girl after my wife. <laughs> And here is the proof. <laughs> I carry the proof here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right there. My wife's name is Sumitra. She is a great, she was a great singer. And they named their daughter as Sumitra. That's mm. how we set an example. And I tell you, Hindu people are really good at heart. If I go to a young man and ask him, hey, why do you worship all these gods? He will stare at me and say, I don't know. Hmm. My daddy was doing that. I go to his dad and ask the same question. He says, I don't know. <laughs> My father was doing that. Even if I go to the grandparent, grandfather, and ask the same question, I don't know. My daddy was doing that. Yeah. That's how it is. Culture, tradition, people, you know, they do that. But that's a good uh, sign in in Andhra Pradesh, in India, there is an immense scope if you really work for Christ. Hmm. And because I'm a salesman, I tell you this example. A shoe company has sent two people to a village and they wanted the feedback. One representative gone to the village and seen nobody was putting on shoes. Hmm. He came and gave a report that, hey, nobody is putting on shoes. I don't think we can sell our shoes there. The other representative has gone to the village and seen, and he gave the feedback like, sir, nobody is putting on shoes. We have an immense scope to sell our shoes. That is my policy. Nobody knows about Jesus Christ, but there is an immense scope. If you work hard and explain everything in depth, there is an immense scope. That's why we are able to convert many people into Christianity. Mm. So, yes. Huge opportunity. Yeah, very. India is a country you can promote any product. You bring your Mercedes Benz, you can sell in 20 minutes because <laughs> we have 20% we have of the people who are filthy rich. Any product you can market, I selected the, the most precious product in the world and I am promoting Jesus Christ Amen. as the most precious product. I was promoting medicines when I was working for Eli Lilly. With medicines we have disadvantages and advantages. But with my product there are no disadvantages. Amen. Yes. Amen. 
Well, um, I just want to wrap up with, with a few thoughts, and then we're going to have uh, some of you signed up for, for a little luncheon afterwards. Uh, and again, if you didn't sign up for that, feel free to come. There probably won't be enough food to go around, but to ask questions and yeah. to hang out yeah, with you. Anything you can ask regarding anything, yep. uh, I, can, I can explain in depth, and you're most welcome. So we'll, we'll get into that in just a few minutes, and we'll have a, a song or two, or maybe a song just to wrap up. Um, but just as, as, as you're kind of sharing, we're answering some of these questions. Um, I'm, I'm just struck with the idea of it's easy to look at India and, and think of the millions and millions of different gods and, and how we can be so blind to our own. And we may not have, you know, statues of monkeys, but we have statues of 401. Elephants. Of, Elephants. Yeah. Elephants and but for us, it's 401ks yeah. and <laughs> houses and yeah. cars and shoes and presidents and whatever Everything, else it might yeah. be. Uh, that we put our trust in. And, and it's the same thing where it's like, well, it's a God that bites. It doesn't actually provide anything for us. So and Sometimes when I preach in churches, I tell people, you're born in the United States of America. That's enough. You don't need anything because you're born in this country. It's a blessed country. And America was one of the greatest countries, the greatest Christian nation in the world, helping many countries and helping many people, helping many pastors. But today, people are drifting away from God. Mm -hmm. And we really pray for America. This is a great country, great Christian country. And you know, we have 1.35 billion people, even today, even today, through, 350 million people do not have bathrooms in India. When you go to villages, the men have to go on the right side into the bushes and the ladies on to the left into the bushes. Hmm. We built six churches in villages. So when we are building churches in India, we decide to go for western toilets because when you people come <laughs> to my village church i cannot ask you to go on the right side or the left side. <laughs> you know see 350 million people even today do not have bathrooms and even people are still worshiping huge number of gods millions and millions and cow is one of the gods yeah well i i thank you for sharing all of this thank you uh, the work that God is doing across the globe, uh, it's a great perspective for us to have. Uh, that idea of being the church, you know, and you hear some of these other countries where there's like a consequence to claiming yourself as Christian. We don't face that here. And, and I think that lulls us into a sense of complacency at times where, okay, well, we're Christian and we just live a Christian life. But it means something to join this global family connected by the blood of Christ. And I want to read a verse here. And, and we don't have time to get into all the stuff I had on baptism. If you have questions on that, let me know. Uh, but Ephesians chapter 4, Cooper, if you want to throw that verse up, um, should be the second. Or there we go. Uh, this is Paul writing. It says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Mm -hmm. Worthy of the calling. Being willing to set aside things in order just to run after Jesus and, and trust that he provides the rest. Live the life worthy of the calling with humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father in all, who is above all and through all and in all. If you haven't been baptized, please do so. We're called to do it in Matthew chapter 28. We have a baptism coming up on the 29th. It's a declaration that we can make that we are a part of this body of Christ and on mission for him. So would you mind praying for us then yes. as we close? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for giving us a wonderful new day and keeping us alive. Thank you, Lord, for your love and grace. What an opportunity to share the updates, what's going on in India is a country with 30 million gods. But this country is a blessed country, Lord. You have given them everything, a great Christian nation on the face of earth. But people are slowly drifting away from you, Lord, like Israelites in the past. So we want the people to realize that you are real, you are loving, you are living, you are faithful, and you are an amazing God. So we pray for all the churches, especially Mercy Hill Church, and bless these churches and bless the pastors. And so that these churches will be a, a, a great uh, responsibility they, you put down their shoulders, reaching communities, reaching other cultures, and reaching and, and showing the love of Christ to many people in these surrounding areas. Thank you, Lord. Bless them abundantly and keep them in your mighty hands and bless them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let us let's pray for you as well. Okay, yeah. So Father, we thank you for the visit uh, of our brother. Uh, we pray that you would bless him in his travels and his ministry. We trust you completely for the provision uh, in all the work that you're doing. Uh, and if that includes us, uh, Lord, we pray that you would guide us and lead us to do that. Uh, we thank you that we can rejoice that you are at work. And we have brothers and sisters that we've never met, but we will. Uh, Lord, we pray that you continue to anoint him, to lead him and guide him, as well as the churches in India, as the light shines brighter uh, as the day draws near. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.